Welcome again to the Ecom Privateers podcast, the podcast about leveraging the internet to grow your business, whether it's a product, a service, or even yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Nate Gaddis, and sitting across from me here is Tony Kent. This is going to be part two of what we're really calling our Amazon segment. Now, if you go back to part one, which was our last episode, our inaugural episode of the podcast, I think we're going to retroactively call that the know nothing episode, because it really is where you want to start. If you know absolutely nothing about e-commerce or uh, about selling things online, I think that's a great place to start. Tony offered some really great tips on places where you can educate yourself. So part two here is going to be the almost know nothing episode. But what we're really going to cover is what it is to be a seller, in this case, on Amazon, Amazon Amazon.com. Now, I want to rewind in the Wayback Machine here. And back in 1994, Amazon got its start. And I think it was about 1996 or 97 when I first heard about it, which is when my dad very happily pronounced to me that he had ordered his first book online, which to him was a very big deal. And it came from a website that sounded to me like it was from Brazil or harkened back to those days somewhere in South America, Amazon.com, which at the time was only selling books. And depending on how long you've been around, you've been able to see its journey from selling paper books to digital books to suddenly seemingly controlling the universe. Now, they haven't quite gotten there. Um, give them time. But there are some really important things to know about Amazon itself as a business. You know, just generally speaking, uh, it commands enormous number of buyers at this point. Um, you're probably familiar if you're listening to this with the program called Amazon Prime, where, of course, you get free shipping or reduced shipping, you get free videos to watch, you get uh, all sorts of fun benefits. Now, apart from how many people are actually using Amazon, I think it's important to know that at least according to Forbes this past year, 64% of US households have Amazon Prime subscriptions. That's mind bending as far as a number of, you know, potential um, buyer pool. And if you're ever going to be a seller on Amazon, that's a really important fact. Now, On the other side of the coin, a stat that I found interesting was 7.5% of Seattle's working age population works for Amazon as an employee. Uh, That gives you some idea of how many people are behind the scenes processing everything. And the reason they're using such a huge chunk of the people existing in greater Seattle right now is because they actually account for, of all sales, Anywhere online, Amazon absorbs about 43% of that right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if that stat has actually gone up considerably um, over the last year or so. So naturally, it's a great place to get an audience. It's a great place to find someone to funnel through to buy a product that you're trying to sell. And what I'd like Tony to do is to kind of encapsulate what it is to be a seller existing on Amazon and what that means. Most of us are familiar buying things there we go and we click on it we pay for it then we run away we go to work and magically it shows up uh, a lot of times the very next day at our doorstep but we don't really know what that process entails from the seller's point of view so i'm going to hop off for a second here and let tony take over and explain what that whole process means so there's a lot of different what you want to call types of sellers on Amazon. The 800 pound gorilla, of course, is Amazon sells on Amazon, right? And you'll see that all of these other sellers are actually in competition with Amazon, but Amazon makes money on that. So really, the bottom line is Amazon wants to make money. They're not out there trying to kill the other sellers on the platform, but you got to be aware that they are the biggest seller by far on the platform. Uh, the next, the next part is going to be your big national brands. They're also on there. You'll see these. 
When you scroll down and look at a product listing, if you're one of the people that does actually scroll down, you'll see the ones with videos and lots of pictures. You actually have to be a registered brand with Amazon to do that kind of thing. National brands are the ones who really take advantage of that. Getting on to the next level is what we're, we're going to call these brand registered. And now people who are doing things like this private labeling thing that I've started can be in here. You've got to have your trademark and a couple of other requirements. You register your brand with Amazon. You get some protections for your brand. You also get access to some of these, what they call enhanced brand content, which are the videos and pictures down in the description. And these can be large or small sellers, right? Again, national brands are going to fall into this registered brand sellers, but there are also people doing this private label thing who have registered their brands and taking advantage of that. I think that's a clear distinction for for people listening to understand is if you're someone who's planning on selling as an independent, you know, whether you have a product that you've developed already or already selling elsewhere or not, I think that's a really clear distinction, you know, to bring up that you're making there, which is you can sell stuff or you can sell a brand. So if I'm selling, for instance, generic, I don't know, bag of treats, number 3,456, that puts me in a completely different category than somebody who's actually branded. Oh, I don't know. Say he calls his brand bag of treats and he's actually registered and trademarked it. Then he gets additional protections. Correct. Absolutely. What will happen is if you try to take your bag of treats, number 3,679 mm-hmm. and try to sell it on the listing where his brand protected mm-hmm. product is being sold, Amazon will allow him to get you kicked off of that listing. So there, there are additional protections for being brand yeah. registered. Yeah. And this is something we actually see actively happening on a regular basis, right? This sort of battle between people that have branded a product for themselves and people that come in and just sort of do these knockoff things, right? Yeah, one interesting thing to remember, as I said it earlier, is Amazon is interested in making money. Right. Amazon is not interested in protecting their sellers because all their sellers are their sellers. What happens to me on almost a daily basis now that we're in Q4 mm-hmm. is I get some you know, Chinese factory or some overseas factory tries to put something on my listing for my product for an eighth of the price. Mm-hmm. The thing is that these, these sellers are fraudulent. They're trying to sell this thing for $5. They have no intention of ever fulfilling what they do is they make the shipping six or eight weeks out. They get their money. Mm-hmm. You never see it until you're past the 30-day window to get your, right, get your refund right. back. But yeah, it happens all the time. Okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll cover, you know, how, we'll cover the day-to-day, um, battles on Amazon that you can go through a little bit later. But we just wanted to make that clear distinction for you of the difference between a branded product there and the difference between just a simple resale or a simple listing, whether it's a real or a fake one or not. So I'll let you go on there, Tony. Sorry to interrupt. No problem. The last sellers that we're going to categorize are going to be personal sellers, right? So you've got, you've got these private labelers who can be big or small. These are all going to be pro sellers, what Amazon calls a pro seller. You need to subscribe or pay a monthly fee to be part of that. I think it's $40 right now. What happens is you're, you pay the $40. You're not charged a per product fee every time you sell something. The level below a pro seller is you just have a personal seller account, which basically makes Amazon similar to eBay, a couple of more hoops to jump through. You pay Amazon 50 cents or a dollar for every product you sell. So again, if you're selling more than 40 products, it makes a pro seller account worth it. If you're not, if you're using it like eBay, then a regular seller account is where you're going to be. And that kind of encompasses all of the different sellers that are on Amazon. So if somebody is just wanting to get started and say they're looking for something that they can take on that an average person in an average household, you know, in America or in Great Britain or wherever you are, would be able to actually jump in comfortably, say on even in like an average middle income uh, income. And what would be the category that you would recommend that they sort of enter the market as? 
my suggestion would be to, first of all, get started, right? If you're interested in this, you should do it. And the way that I would do it, as well, it can be harder now in Q4. Amazon sometimes blocks some new sellers from selling things because it gets so busy, but it's still worth trying. Open your seller's account, personal seller account, no monthly fee, just a per product fee. And what you would start with is what's called retail arbitrage. You go and find stuff that is for sale or on clearance or even at regular price where you live, but sells for hire somewhere else where Amazon has reach. In the continental United States, I can't speak to UK, but I bet they do a similar thing there. Amazon has really great preferential rates with the shippers, UPS, DHL, um, I think USPS too. You can send your product into Amazon for pennies compared to what you do personally. And you can get it get it for sale on Amazon. The listing is already there. You don't have to create a listing. You just list it on an existing product. Sell it for a price that makes sense for you where you're recouping your costs. Remember, Amazon does charge you about a 15% seller's fee for selling on Amazon. And they are going to charge you a little bit for the shipping to ship it out. You just got to make sure that your margins are okay. That's a great way to start. You can start with almost no money. Make a little bit of money. Get familiar with the Amazon system and get yourself positioned to do something bigger in the future down to a real world example. So if I happen to live in a part of Texas that just had cattle and ranching gazoo and happened to have a beef jerky factory nearby. So maybe my advantage there would be that I live next to the jerky factory. I might not live next to much of anything else. Pardon Texas, but I grew up there part time. So some of you understand what I'm saying. Um, so I could basically just go load up on jerky and then take advantage of the shipping system and the shipping fees to actually do my own little authentic beef jerky reselling operation is basically what you're saying. That's one way to get started is to just buy a product and resell and try and make some money with whatever you can find. Yep, absolutely. So <laughs> I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here just because of the example that you gave. What I would do... if What's wrong? Oh, I love beef jerky. First cowboys in the United States, right? Part in Texas. <laughs> but in Hawaii, we had the oldest cowboys, right? I'm just saying in the situation that you were in there, you probably could source low enough quantities, even if you didn't have a lot of capital, and private label a beef jerky brand, sell that on Amazon. I really see that as an opportunity, given the example you gave me. Right, right. What I will tell you is what, what I did when I first got started, because I just wanted to see how Amazon worked, right? Mm -hmm. I, I went down to the big box store, and I found a bunch of Walking Dead dolls that were on clearance. Right, right. Uh, there's things that you do. You'll go and learn about what retail arbitrage is. I checked the sell-through. They were selling pretty well. Season 8, I think, was about to come back, so I knew mm -hmm. that I knew people were going to be excited about it. I just bought them. I bought six or seven on clearance just to kind of like get my feet wet, see right, what was going right. on. I bought them for, I think I bought them for $10. They mm -hmm. were selling for 20 on Amazon, mm -hmm. which I thought was going to be enough of a margin for me to get recoup my money. I didn't realize at the time, living in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, that Amazon's preferred shipping rates didn't apply to us. I did send them into Amazon. I did sell through them all. I ended up losing about $6 on $100, which is not bad. That was a very inexpensive education. Right. And that's how it works. Let's say instead of $25, it costs me $4, which is, I'm right, guessing right. it would cost. Turn that around, I lost $6. I'd actually have made $15 on my education of how Amazon works. Well, actually, probably more than that. But yeah, so what you were doing was basically one step short of dumpster diving for items to sell on Amazon, basically, is what we're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, but that's the point. Is the education was more important than uh, than the spend, and it was a pretty low-risk endeavor. So yeah, I'd say that's definitely one solid alternative is to just start something and get started immediately. And, you know, in addition to listening to us and to watching other videos and listening to other other sellers, you know, you'll actually get 
an enormous amount under your belt just by doing it. So I'm all for that. One thing I wanted to add, Nate, because you had talked about how many households have Amazon Prime and what a powerful thing that is. Really, for someone who's selling on Amazon, it is also equally powerful for you to get your stuff sold. When you when you look at an Amazon listing, if you're not even a power user, but kind of familiar with the way the interface works, you'll see that somebody's in what's called the buy box. When you click the buy button, you're going to buy it from that particular vendor, whether that's Amazon or a third party. But it'll have that little thing that says also available from this price from this many people. Now, some of those people, when you click through that link, are fulfilling the product themselves, totally like eBay, right? Amazon takes the order for them, takes their seller fee, does not take anything for shipping, and the stuff is shipped out from that vendor to you. That's called fulfilled by merchant. Stuff that's actually at the Amazon warehouse, which is what I did with the Walking Dead dolls, I sent it into Amazon. They do the fulfillment for you. That's called fulfilled by Amazon. Those products are eligible for Amazon Prime. So as a private seller, a third party, you can leverage what Amazon's created with Amazon Prime. I can't even I can't even begin to express what a value it is having somebody else pack and ship for you. Um, if you've ever had a warehouse, a factory, a store where you've sent sold, sold stuff online, or even if you've just been on eBay and tried to pack up your weird items into a box in a functional way, you can kind of understand just how much time that takes. So definitely there's a time suck there that you avoid. But what is the difference as far as the cost to the seller, if any, if somebody's trying to debate whether to have Amazon ship for them or whether to actually get duct tape and start wrapping these things up themselves with bubble wrap? Yeah, great question. And once you get into it, it's almost a no-brainer. And Nate, having this personal experience, I think you would say exactly the same thing. Save the paper cuts. Amazon, again, it's an Amazon tool. Take it with a grain of salt. Amazon has a fee calculator for you. But you plug in the numbers, right? They're not doing any kind of manipulation of the numbers. You plug in numbers. You can compare side by side your fulfillment versus Amazon's fulfillment. You plug in your shipping costs, put in your product costs, takes you to the bottom line revenue. You can look at all of that. You know, you can get it in pretty close. Like say you can even put in numbers for your labor and all of this stuff to try and get your real fulfillment number to do it yourself. Almost every time it's going to come out cheaper with Amazon. That's honestly, that's even getting away from just the basic stuff of once you get busy enough where you don't have the time to do it, which hopefully is going to be real soon. Otherwise, um, there's really no point to all this. But once you get too busy to do it yourself, as soon as you start hiring someone else to pack that box, um, there's a whole nother host of headaches that you're going to have that you would have managing any human being. Um, and until we have 3D packing machines like we do 3D printers, I think we're going to be kind of on this track. And we'll just encourage you as soon as possible to abandon your own shipping ambitions and really jump on board with what Tony's saying. All right, so, you know, Tony really did a good job of encapsulating how you want to get started, which is to get started. So actually, our next segment, that's exactly exactly what we're going to do. Um, we're going to do a little bit of handholding and just kind of go through starting up an actual product to sell and to ship and to do all of that. So the next one's where really the rubber meets the road, and we're pretty excited about it. So we'll see you on the next go around. I'm Nate Gaddis. And I'm Tony Kent. Thanks very much. <laughs>